0: Shannon Camp.
1: And I'm Zach Powers.
0: And this is Stage of Fools. The unofficial Royals podcast. Tonight we'll be doing our season three wrap-up. Please join us in uh welcoming back returning guest and producer of this show, Darren Husted. Welcome back, Darren.
2: Hello. It's good to be back um to discuss the entire season.
0: Yes, well, he's been watching over us benevolently like a first act fan of the opera not a second act fan of the opera and now it's his time to shine so I'm excited to hear what you thought of this season because I know Zach yeah. and I both have a lot of opinions about <laughs> yeah, it and this is
1: the unlike season one or two this season on stage of fools we had no guests whatsoever so I don't know maybe we got inundated with our own our own insular worldview on the show. And maybe you'll provide us with some fresh perspective that we didn't have.
0: We definitely descended into the mob <laughs> madness more so than in past season. To be
2: fair, I think less so than we did
1: at the end of season two.
0: I don't know. I've blocked it all out.
2: I'll say this much. If you read any of the recaps on some of the, like the different websites, um, particularly like entertainment weekly, do like a, a recap for the Royals each week. And they hated Robert from the moment he showed up. Um, yeah. whereas I don't, I don't think either of you really hated Robert as much as like there seemed to be like a certain level of hatred amongst like critics for him.
0: Yeah, I actively liked Robert, but I'm totally willing to admit that it was more than a reaction to the character Robert. It was a reaction to my hatred for Liam's turn sure. this season. I mean, to me, he just fell into every pitfall that I dislike in a fictional protagonist, especially, like, a very privileged white male fictional protagonist. So I was just, like, so checked out from Liam that I had to have something else to latch on to, and that was Robert. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I, I would say that I liked Robert, but I'd never really trusted Robert very much. Um, But you're right that, th- in particular in this season, because I listened to some of our season two wrap up, we were much warmer on Liam at the end of season two than we are now. He's really, he's really fitting the mold of the straight male white protagonist of a show that is the worst part of it, like the Ted Mosby or now the Archie. I think the issue
2: that we've had with Liam was after losing, um, Ophelia, like, what is the point of Liam? It seems to be like the big case. And I don't think it helps that on the show, particularly in season three, everyone has been like, the fact that they call him Sparrow and that is a play on the fact that he's the spare and the fact that they even brought up the fact that he's a spare a number of times. It's like, it's so if he's surplus to requirements, why are we meant to be having him as the, well, like, the lead? It just, it kind of, yeah. I don't think the show helps itself that way. I feel
1: like he had a better motivation in season two because he was trying to unravel this conspiracy and trying to figure out who killed his father. And then in this season, he was just whining about catherine for the entire thing like not that he didn't get distracted as shannon noted in season two by women at various points but he had a stronger motivation overall and now that's pretty much gone so
0: i mean i think there's something really strong about the idea of like two feuding brothers they sort of touched on it a little bit with simon and cyrus but honestly not that much so they could have done something really interesting with like robert comes back and liam's been displaced and he loves robert but he has conflicting feelings about it But instead, they just wanted to, you know, simplify it. They can't give Liam any actual negative personality traits that might make him a nuanced character. So instead, they made it about fighting over a girl. And then at the last minute, they turned Robert into a sociopath to justify everything Liam does. So there's no conflict there. So it's just not interesting.
2: He's one of the weaker parts of season three. Let's put it like that. Like. I think this season was a lot. I mean, I, I I don't think anyone would say that season two was a strong season. I think all the domino stuff kind of just fell apart. You know, the sudden shift with Helena halfway through the season from being someone who seemed to hate her children to someone who suddenly loved her children. Like, you know, th- there was there was saving graces in season two, but they weren't really you know the main cast. It was like supporting players came in for a couple of episodes, like Duchy and that that was like what kind of Mm. kept the show interesting
0: dutchy (laughs) r.i.p.d sorry we just got to take a minute and pour one out for her she was such a great character what talk about a breath of fresh air on the show
2: but i think this season's been a bit stronger for them like for the main characters just because putting robert in there just made everyone's relationships like a little bit more interesting like the fact that he was the you know, the like the absolute main character basically for season three and he interacted with everybody, I think that made it more interesting than season two, which was kind of like you know, a little bit kind of all over the place where you had like Liam having storylines that were not connected in any way to, you know, Eleanor, or you you know, you had Cyrus was king but he was basically well, completely separate from everyone else and I think you Almost know, this everybody
1: was, in season two had was completely segregated from everybody well, yeah. else. Like yeah. The Mandy storyline affected Eleanor and, only, and Jasper. Eleanor and Jasper are always going to have the same storyline. But yeah. otherwise, even though Jasper was able to jump into the murder of King Simon storyline more than Eleanor was. And in this season, too, all the actual political stuff, the stuff about who's going to ascend the throne. Eleanor had very little to do with any of that.
0: And from giving a very brief pithy speech at Robert at the hearing as to whether it was going to be Robert or Cyrus. She just said what should have already been on everyone's minds already about Cyrus being, you know, the delinquent king that he is. But I agree. I mean, I think no matter how he turned out in the end, no matter what his motives were, Robert was a much needed breath of fresh air on the show that sort of gave everyone Probably except for Eleanor, a reason to be like doing things.
2: He, in a way, he was kind of a worthy replacement for uh, King Simon because you know King Simon dominated the first season, you know, in that he 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 had the same kind of role of interacting with everybody and talking to everyone, and obviously his death then became a big thing in season one, um, you know, so obviously Robert's return, um, you know, kind of put him into the middle where King Simon used to be. I think in season two, they just couldn't find someone to replace, you know, the hole that was left after after they killed him off.
0: Especially because they were still fiddling with his ghost at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I wanted to say, it's kind of amazing when you think about, like, how much weight Simon's portrait has successfully had over the course of the show. Like, just having that picture in a scene can add so much gravitas and like significance to the proceedings of what's going on and i think that's really a testament to the actor who plays king simon that even when he's not on the show just his likeness can kind of conjure up a feeling and a, a memory of that character and all that he signifies yeah
2: and i don't want to go too much over the finale because obviously you know you discussed it you both discussed it at length I think (laughs) I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, at length, at length. I enjoyed the retconning of the fact that, you know, the, the disbanding of the monarchy was due to the fact that Simon thought that Robert would be a terrible kind of king.
0: It's one of those Simon moments when he's absolutely (laughs) savage to one of his kids. He's like, so Robert, you're really smart, but you have no positive qualities. It's over. I'm breaking up with you (laughs) as a son. Yeah. Pretty much. I think,
1: um, even if it kind of feels out of place in this season, I think once you get to season four, and like that's just how it is, I think maybe it'll feel, uh, it'll be wor- it'll be worth it because even though Robert might be a very broad villain, at least he will be a strong villain. So I'm at least looking forward to that. I, I think um, another slight saving grace of this season, as opposed to season two. And I don't know how this will play out in season four, now that Robert's a full-blown sociopath, is...
0: (laughs) Now that he's Dexter? Yeah.
1: Is that I think this season, unlike season two, allowed itself to have a lot more fun. And so it was less of a slog to watch it because everything in season two was so goddamn serious with very few exceptions. Maybe the twins' birthday was kind of fun for a while until... It became, like, Mandy stealing the diamond shit. <laughs> and Eleanor
0: crying yeah. in a go-kart after setting the party on fire. Yeah. Literally on fire. And even
1: in that episode, and- they have, like, the weird Russians that they introduce in, like, the wor- the most misguided mini <gasps> oh, storyline yeah, ever. Yeah,
0: the sex trafficking, domestic violence storyline. That was horrible. Yeah, we couldn't have any nice things in season two. <laughs> I mean, okay, but here's the thing. I agree with Darren to some extent about the retconning making like King Simon have wanting to disband the monarchy because he could like see that Robert was an empty vacuum inside. Like I accept that to a certain extent. I just want to know <laughs> when did they have this idea? Because I I was going back and watching, like, the first couple episodes of the season to see, like, okay, how are they setting this up? But they're really throwing some, like, zags on us with the whole Robert, uh like, being afraid of going back to England because of the press conferences and stuff. I mean, I guess you could spin it all out to say, like, oh, he was afraid that he might accidentally reveal something about how potentially he was aware of what was going on. Although that still hasn't, maybe we just need to keep waiting to see how much he knew and then it will all come together. But I don't think it's totally outrageous that I was a little bit misled into thinking that he was more of a protagonist than he ultimately ended up being.
1: You could probably spin some of those flashbacks as, and this is again spin, but that um, maybe Robert, despises actually dealing with the press even though he loves power, but even if that's the case, the thing that makes no sense to me even in that scenario is the part where like Eleanor was in his dream, cause I feel like he doesn't really give a fuck about El, like, like we said, he seems like a full-blown sociopath. <laughs> So but that
0: the show keeps telling us, though, how much he loves her. I mean, it's very tell, not show. That's something they've been setting up since season one. Because I was just rewatching the beginning of season one. And there was a lot of, like, Robert always loved you best. And, like, I was supposed to call Robbie that <laughs> night, but I didn't, and now he's dead. Uh, and all that jazz. And I think we're even, honestly, I think the show might want us to interpret the, like, him breaking up jasper and eleanor as like he thinks he's doing what's best for her he's not trying to make her miserable and wreak havoc on her life like i don't think he was being malicious and trying to set her up with sebastian see that's the thing like even making robert as evil as they are clearly going to they still have kind of there are moments where he does things that it's just it's it's all gone a little muddled. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'll t- I'll tell you what
2: they did with Robert, which I thought was quite clever, which is he constantly calls everyone by their names. He, yes, he's, he's always saying uh, like "Dear Uncle" to Cyrus. He's always saying "Mum" to Helena. He's always, you know saying Lenny to Eleanor, you know, he's always calling Liam Sparrow to annoy him, <laughs> you know, like, he's always, he's always deliberately, every single time he's in the scene, he will at least, he'll say someone's name at least once, and it's really weird, because it's like, well, why does he keep, like, it's almost like he's telling the viewers, oh yeah, this is my brother, don't forget that, but there's a lot, like, even whenever they had, like, any of the dart scenes, he would always be saying brother, like, quite a lot, and <laughs> it was just like this really weird note, that by the end of the season, you're like, oh, this this is why he keeps doing this is because he's a sociopath, and that's how he fools people into thinking that they that like he cares is that he keeps constantly saying their own names, and that's that's what gets him on their side is the fact that he mm-hmm. he keeps making them think that he somehow likes them because he keeps saying their names over and over again
1: or by um, say inviting them to use the family gym maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the family gym But it'll be interesting to see How this unfolds in season 4 And uh When we find out how much he Knew or didn't Know or was or was not involved With Ted Price's scheme because The way it's shot in terms Of like there are scenes in That episode where he's on the island and he's having Visions of Catherine that are Shot from Robert's point of view Yeah You know, like, it's just him. It's shot from his point of view. And he seems to genuinely have this moment of, I'm not going to come back until he has, like, that realization that she turns around and it's Catherine. And so, like, she, or at least the idea of her, was partially what convinced him to leave the desert island. So how, like, power mad was he? Was this all a long game? Like, there's still a lot of questions that I feel are seriously unanswered.
2: I think this this season has been very interesting in terms of the smaller characters like season two you had like um obviously you had dutchy r.i.p but you also had like the those those um those boys you know who were liam's friends apparently who appeared Mm -hmm. out of nowhere who liked football yeah talk
0: about sociopaths (laughs) those kids were real sociopaths yeah
2: and it's like in season two there were a lot of like characters who just kind of wandered in for a couple of episodes or who weren't very well developed, you know, like the deputy PM, suddenly she was important and then this season she's nowhere to be seen. And it's it was like kind of, I don't know, season two's little characters felt less well developed than this season's minor characters, where it felt like they actually did something with some of them. Uh, though you yeah. may disagree a little bit with me on that one, because I think no, there's nothing really no. to Spencer, is there? I mean, what was he,
0: basically? Uh, well, you know. yeah, he was a meat <laughs> sack. I actually sent Darren and Zach a list of how every Royals character made me angry in order of how angry they made me that I may need to publish on our Stage of Fools like Facebook page or something at some point. But yeah, I have nothing to say about Spencer, he is a nothing. But I will say about Catherine, I was very hard on her early in the season because... I do think a lot of the cheesy stuff between her and Liam is really hard to swallow, like almost painful to watch (laughs) at times, but I went back and was watching parts of season one and wow, did I not give the actress who plays Catherine and the character of Catherine enough credit because compared to Ophelia, Catherine is an extremely well-developed and well-acted character with a lot more conflict and internal life like Wow, does Ophelia have nothing going on besides her romantic flirtations and this like very half developed fear for her father's life, which is never really convincing until it's kind of like she's off the show. And in season two, he's ripped apart by a mob, torn <laughs> limb from limb, actually. Uh, but yeah, I, Catherine grew on me so much as the season went and we got to see more and more of her outside of just her interactions with Liam and Robert. I mean, I think having Angie, her sister around, was her saving grace. But... Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause that made it seem like, this is something as well that I just wanted to quickly mention, which is the, the kind of, um, the world building a little bit, like, you know, you had that really weird talk show for the first couple of episodes. I don't know what that was meant to that be. That was but...
0: so bizarre.
2: <laughs> I think it's meant to be a little bit like Jonathan Ross. I don't know if you, either of you know who Jonathan Ross is, but um yes. the style of the show seemed to be like a Jonathan Ross type show. Um And, and then you also had like the, the news reports, which were like more present in, in a lot of episodes, like telling you about the gala telling you about, like, you know, the coronation, telling you about Robert's return. And there seemed to be this attempt to try and, like, not world build very complexly, but just kind of give a little bit more information so that it seemed like there's something going on outside of the palace. And I think having a sister for, you know, having Angie there with Catherine meant that that this character wasn't just reliant upon the, you know, members of the royal family for, you know, like, her existence. It actually, you know, and putting her in the pub, and, you know, like, even though it was a very poorly written scene, you know, the night with the squaddies where they were all, like, drinking. Like, there seemed to be a, an attempt to try and make the world of the royals a little bit more fuller. And I think that kind of worked to the advantage of some of the smaller characters because it seemed like they did stuff when they were off screen rather than just turning up to just be part of the royal family, which, you know, that's, that seemed to be the hindrance in season like one or two is you had characters who without, without, you know, Liam in their presence, they were basically, you know, just automatons who went to sleep.
0: Mm. They kind of created a little bit more of the world of the common people this season and I mean, it's ridiculous because Catherine, of course, <laughs> still lives in like the most opulent flat I've ever seen a bartender live in. But uh there's definitely meant to be like we had some non-royal characters who were actually developed and who seemed to yeah exist outside of the palace walls. So that was definitely a plus. But uh let's just use this Catherine springboard to get into our discussion of minor characters. Might as well start with Catherine, Catherine Davis, who I think I already gave a pretty good summary of my feelings on. I was initially cool to her, but then kind of warmed up as the season went along. I felt like she had, uh, she was a rare character to have realistic human reactions to things happening to her. <laughs> so that's kind of where I sit with Catherine.
1: Early on, she only has Liam to work with like, in the first few, maybe three or four episodes. And yeah, that is probably such a hindrance to her because she, like, whatever kind of weird, cheesy, like, pseudo-romantic, like, dumb shit that is infecting Liam's brain I think is slightly contagious because when he's around just one other woman, it'll kind of seep into their brain as well. But when she talks to Robert, like we noticed that she talked like a human being, and that when she talked to her sister, she seemed like more of a real character. Her sister, who I will again say,
2: I liked a little more than Catherine. But there's, (laughs) you know, what do you think?
0: Absolutely. I think
2: I mean, I mean, Zach brought this up in one of the episodes. I think the fact that Angie was like free of not being in a love triangle just meant that she could kind of say whatever she wanted. And now, of course, that makes her a more appealing character than Catherine, who was still a little bit kind of restricted by the fact that she was in one of the many kind of triangles that existed.
0: Uh, you know, within this show. (laughs) She didn't realize it, but she was in two love (laughs) triangles and she didn't even know. Uh, but I was going to say, I agree with Zach though, like in those, in her first couple of scenes with Robert, like notably, she's like, are you trying to fish for compliments? I was like, you don't need me to praise you. The whole world already does that. And I was like, where was this attitude you were hanging out with Liam, who absolutely needs cutting down to size as well? Like I won't deny that Robert needs cutting down to size, but they both do.
1: Because in her scenes with Liam, she, she's not quite as bad as Liam, but she still kind of talks like him. Like when he's having his bed, his big like, my heart is a mess. My head is even worse. Stop. Like bit of bullshit. She's just as like caught up in this weird melodramatic like mindset where she's like, we can't, we can't. It would be such a betrayal. <laughs> like they're both
2: piping it in pretty hot in that scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think obviously you, you know, March one must love love triangles because he keeps putting people in them. And you know, if you if you if you don't really care for love triangles and I think they can be quite boring if they're not done correctly, then you know, uh, there's large portions of particularly this season where you're like, I, I don't know what I'm, you know, what's going on here. I don't know what I'm watching. But, you know, the fact that you you had like and Liam and Robert in a love triangle, and then Eleanor was in a love triangle, and then Helena was in a love triangle. And you're like, and then Cyrus is in like a love triangle with himself and someone who he's just knighted. It's like, what is, like, <laughs> March One has an addiction that I feel needs to be kind of like cured, I think. Cyrus is kind of in a love
1: triangle with himself and a woman who died last season more than anything. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean... I don't think this is a Mark Schwann exclusive thing. As someone who watches a fair amount of teen TV shows, love triangles are like the bones upon which they are built. But that being said, they can definitely infect a show and kind of take it over like a zombie virus. Like if you don't like love triangles, generation two of skins is not for you. (laughs) Because Darren knows what I'm talking about. Because that season goes from it goes from being a show about friendships to being a show mostly about romantic relationships and well, mostly about a love triangle
1: and part of the problem is uh with the Catherine liam robert one well we've got two main characters and then Catherine who gets enough screen time to have some personality a lot of these other love triangles particularly the helena one it's like there's Helena and then basically two non-characters who... Two we mannequins. A, yeah, like, we, we could give a shit about either yeah. of those two. Yeah.
0: I mean, even Prince Sebastian in the Eleanor-Jasper-Sebastian love triangle is, like, a pretty vanilla dude, all right. things considered. I mean, the sad thing is... Is that he's an exciting character because he's a person of color and on the royals that's like da 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 (laughs) da We finally let one in.
1: Well, he also has the unique relatively unique ability to not like straight up constantly talk down to Eleanor and (laughs) <laughs> and treat her like a child.
0: He's not mopey like 99% of the other characters on the show. He's very not mopey, which honestly at this point, I'm just like, I'll take it. Even Sarah Alice's emo in the in the season finale. <laughs> and Angie, like we talked about, very fun, very foul mouthed, in a way that felt more realistic that like than like when Helena swears and it's so put on. <laughs>
2: I think that's just Liz Hurley, though, isn't it? I think that's just her acting style. That's true. That's probably true. I mean, I think the thing is, like, Angie obviously as a character won't exist if Catherine isn't there. But, you know, I think she was fun this season. I think... um, It's the
0: riddle of her being. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think she was fun in the same way that Willow was fun in season two.
0: She's still fun. How (laughs) dare you talk about her like that? You're off the show.
1: More so even than Catherine... Angie is truly the one character so far in probably the entire series who really is not in this circle of royals and nobility and stuff. She's very much completely outside of it and is the most normal person we've dealt with in the entire history of the show probably
0: yeah she seems to be the only one who understands that like at the end of the day they're just celebrities like the fate (laughs) of the universe doesn't hang in the balance with who's king she's honestly the only person who understands that like she just wants to snapchat herself wearing one of liam's shirts and like making a silly face that's her motives i love her
2: very briefly mentioning willow Who was barely in this season, this is the weirdest thing, she got promoted to... Stop,
0: you're breaking my heart.
2: She she got promoted to regular, and then...
0: She got promoted from heiress to social media intern. (laughs) What a lateral move. Well, she
2: became series regular, and then she was just, like, standing around in the background. Like, at least in season two, she was, like, piling plates up with food and then walking off, and... You know, she was being sassy
0: and stuff. She was a bit of a cool girl in season two, though. And in season three, she was a bit of a nerd girl, which was probably why I liked her more than ever in her rare jewels of scenes.
1: I think they had probably this idea for what they wanted to do with Willow, but they couldn't pay it off until the end of the season. When the whole Catherine thing happened, so they just kind of had to twiddle their thumbs with her for a while and-
0: They had to keep reminding us that she existed.
1: Exactly. Although they
0: could have, they could have played out the she has to pick a future bride for the king and he ends up falling for her. They could have dragged that out over so many more episodes and it's like, so much more of a plot than many, many things that are on this show. You know what I mean? Like, that itself is the backbone of a pretty solid B-romantic comedy. And for the Royals, that's, like, prime cut steak. But they really only dropped it in as an idea in the boxing episode and came back around to it in the finale, which I found kind of baffling.
1: I don't think they wanted us to question, like, whether Robert – Really cared for Catherine, because if that was a question, like, it wouldn't be as surprising, I guess, when he totally just tore her apart. So I think it might have been, I guess, but, but I think they that. chose-
0: I think they chose wrong. I think- I just feel like that, like, is such a story. It's like something out of- I mean- Shakespeare, which is something they're always aping, or a fairy tale, which is something that they clearly want to be with uh, Jasper making Sarah Alice promise to always believe in happy endings, (laughs) which made me want to wrap my lips around a pistol, quite frankly. So it's just like, this is just a classic example of like, the royals will have a good idea and be like... "Mm -hmm." No, let's steer hard <laughs> away from that. That's what drives me so crazy about this show is because this season really did have a lot of things going for it, but it also had so many things that could have been so much better if anyone was like paying attention.
2: <laughs> well, I th- I think the thing is like Genevieve Gaunt. She was she's always like really good. This is the thing is like you know when you have so like some of these minor characters are played by actors who are really good and some by some that are not as good, but I think Genevieve Gaunt was really good in season two. Obviously she was good enough that March 1 brought her back as a regular for season three. Um, And so she, every time you saw her, you were like, Oh, well she's, she's doing really great. It's nice that she's around, but then you were just like, I wish they had some idea of what they, they wanted to do with her That, That wasn't like having her appear in two episodes and then suddenly pop up in the finale on the balcony, like about to become queen next season. Like it's just, it's, it's such a, like, they could have, like you say, they could have really done a, a, a proper storyline where Robert was, you know, romancing various princesses and then shows her. Instead of just writing her name at the top of the list and being like, nah, let's just skip to the end of this. I, I don't really want to go for all that. And
0: then that could have been a reveal with, like, stakes. Like, she opens the envelope, but these characters have actually interacted more than two times. And it's like, oh my god, like, dun-dun-dun, a twist, she's seen the good and the bad of him will she accept
1: at that point we knew that robert was a uh, kind of a an asshole i guess they i you, know but you... i'm just
0: saying it's very weird like divorce yourself of your feelings for Willow and your feelings for Robert as characters. Divorce yourself from what you know about the royals and say, (laughs) I'm pitching, no, no, I'm just saying, pretend that you don't know anything about them. Just their generic man character and woman character. And I tell you that I'm pitching a show about uh, modern day princes and princesses and royalty. And I have an idea for a plot line where this girl is chosen to be the one who picks a bride for the future king and then out of all the fancy girls he chooses her his little mousish assistant you would be like yes that's our A storyline for season one of your show you know what I mean?
2: I'm, in fact I'm almost certain I've seen a romantic comedy where that is the plot where someone like has <laughs> yeah. their best friend try and pick them up like a wife out and then they end up getting married to that person instead.
1: I think they were also held back by the fact that I think they felt they needed to resolve whatever in season two two was between Liam and Willow, and they, they kind of had to somehow wind that down or end that first.
0: That's just my... I just think it's funny that they like dropped in something that is like such a juicy fairy tale morsel, and they were like, uh... no. <laughs>
1: but I think the thing about Willow is, as much as we like her, there's not much to talk about her in terms of actual plot.
0: She likes Harry Potter, and <laughs> she had a reasonable disgusted response to that hilariously bad reality show that elizabeth hurley was watching featuring her actual biological son
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think probably willow will have a lot more to do next season and they just didn't they were trying to set her up for next season all season this year And now they've done that, I guess. So I think we'll see a lot more of her next year than we did this year.
0: Speaking of someone who kind of came totally out of left field and was not on season two at all. Hello, hello, hello. My name's Sarah Alice.
1: Sarah
0: Alice Hill. (laughs) Because this show needed a child character for... Reasons I'll never understand. In
2: all fairness to to Sarah Alice, she was mentioned in the previous season because she was mentioned. Yes, that was that yes. that was the motivation that James gave to Eleanor to try and have a like not be on drugs. Was like he's got a daughter, so you know he thinks of well, her like a daughter, so stop taking drugs. If I remember, also, that was Sarah Alice
0: wrong. was Sarah Alice was an omnipotent godchild from her first <laughs> mention because she heard what had happened to the king and she was like, Daddy, can you go help them? <laughs> or help Eleanor specifically, even. Yeah. And then he appeared. Like, as Zach has mentioned before, very much the Mary Poppins of this show. <laughs> uh but yeah, this season he had Sarah Alice into.
2: I think the funny thing with Sarah Alice is of course is, I mean, obviously, kid actors get, like, a bad rep on certain shows because, you know, they get brought in for no particular reason and then they they kind of vanish without a trace once everyone gets sick of them. Um, but I, I think, I don't know, I thought Sarah Alice was quite fun because, you know, season two had been quite heavy with all, like, the domino conspiracy stuff and, you know, Ted Price being killed by a mob. You know, so I think it was nice just to have... Being torn apart? Yeah. Limb from limb? Ripped (laughs) limb from limb? It was nice to have a character who kind of could just ask stupid questions to Eleanor, and Eleanor could just have like a break from being told... That she needs to improve her life and live up to a potential and all the rest of that.
0: I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of her stuff with Eleanor in general, but I thought that she really shone when put opposite Jasper, who was then given a chance to stop moping and kind of be like the straight man in a very dry little comedy bit.
1: Her purpose was obviously to be very cute and also to be sort of um the means by which sort of the fate that drives Jasper and Eleanor together (laughs) for the most part. And I think she really is a God being. I was going to say exactly what Shannon said. I think by far the character that benefited the most from the addition of Sarah Alice was Jasper, like his most affecting scenes and his most, his funniest scenes probably were all with uh, Sarah Alice, except for one or two
2: with James Hill. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, um Tom Austin, he can, like, he can be funny, and he can, he has, like, good, he can be a great straight man, basically, and he can, like, he can, he can kind of land a joke, Um but obviously the character just has never been given that chance, and I think putting him with Sarah Alice, particularly because she's, like, an innocent, so he has to kind of act completely differently to how he does with everybody else, you know, so I think that did benefit his character. For, up until about, like, episode seven, and then, you know, things obviously went completely sad. I could
0: have done without him telling her to always believe and have the endings. That was a little rich for me, and I'm someone who actually likes kids, and does work with kids, and does have, you know, the occasional emotional moment, but, uh, yeah, that did not, did not do it for me.
1: Well, uh. At least Sarah Ellis had the good sense to not care for Liam in the slightest.
0: <laughs> yeah, she seemed to understand instinctually. I mean, she did have superpowers. That just bears repeating. She made objects appear from behind that wall,
2: mm-hmm. in uh,
0: not unlike Cyrus banging a gong and making Liam and Eleanor appear. I mean, well, we all know this show would be better if magic and ghosts were a thing it. I've she, already established there, that.
1: We have, we have discussed the list of... Su- su- Sarah Ellis can create presents and uh, give them to people at the exact opportune time. Uh, Jasper, Jasper, has Jasper super can knock punching out powers, anybody yeah. anytime. <laughs> Cyrus has that dong, and also, I guess, the superpower of knowing who is sexually blackmailable at all times.
0: <laughs> uh, well, speaking of people who aren't sexually blackmailable, how do you like that transition? Uh, let's move from Sarah Alice to her dad, James Hill, who was criminally underused this season. He was. Yeah, yeah. He had some great reaction shots, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think the funny thing with James Hill is just that, like, in season two, he seemed, like, reasonably kind of, like, sensible and grounded. And then in season three, as more and more crazy things have happened in the palace, he just kind of has to look bemused at everything. He <laughs> just kind of not yeah. understand what's happening. And I think that's, he like, kind of... really helped his character because, like, just him standing there and just, like, kind of looking around and wondering what's going on. I think just the He went the from,
0: uh, Richard Harris Dumbledore to Michael Gambin Dumbledore at <laughs> yeah. times, though.
2: Basically. Put it on the table! That was
1: his one big sort of explosive emotional scene. But otherwise he kind of just did serve as like basically a living walking representation of those scenes from the office where Ted would look directly at the camera and be like, what is going on? <laughs> like that was basically his function. <laughs> Although early in the season, particularly before he was just like, being awkward at dinner and and thinking it was weird that there was a fox on the loose um, he was used for a few comedy bits pretty well the Cyrano de Bergerac comedy fun. bit it, bit was one was made, probably the best of the season and he Honestly, did yeah great in they could
0: not they could not even play that out for like half an episode. They really should have let the him writing letters to himself thing ride a bit more because it was very funny, and the scene where he was caught out was very, very funny.
2: Yeah, I like I like the fact that people are you know like kind of not fully complimenting his his letter writing skills, and he's like, well, I think actually they're really well written. Like he like <laughs> him just kind of interjecting and on behalf of himself, like I thought it was like a really good touch. Yeah, that that, that whole episode was like a showcase the way that actor really should have been in more episodes
0: uh yeah i agree so another addition to the palace staff we had this season there was a lot less rachel because there was a lot
2: she was in one episode
0: wasn't that episode where she was like it was like just totally like her being in like a britney spears as schoolgirl dominatrix (laughs) yeah that was
1: the this place is weird episode
0: yeah oh yeah i did not enjoy that that was Um... that
2: was it she she had the misunderstanding of a Helena wanting a manhole and also having a, a Lord Chamberlain interview yeah. on oh, the right. same day. Well,
0: she sort of ushered in her replacement, most likely, because instead of Rachel, who I honestly did not miss, because she's kind of an unpleasant character, like, all of her bits are usually really gross or really, like, uncomfortable in some way. Um, We got Spencer... Honusberg, the human equivalent of a plain bagel with nothing on it, untoasted. Do we need to
1: spend more than, like, 30 seconds talking about Spencer?
0: No, he's kind of a bro, I will say. I forget that. Like, especially in his early episodes, he's kind of a bro, which makes him, like, swings him from neutral to unpleasant. But other than that, I have nothing to say.
1: He's a very generic person, and I think of the main cast, Helena is the least engaging character there, too. (laughs) I think even though Liam is annoying, I think he has a little more personality than Helena. If that makes That's sense, because they
0: changed Helena's personality like five times, so I can't yeah. keep track anymore. In the first episode of season one, at Robert's funeral, she slaps Liam in the face and calls Eleanor a <laughs> whore. Like that is not the Helena we are seeing on screen now, who's like, "Go live your life, find love, like I never could." Like it's uh, this character is anything they want her to be she's fruit salad you know like just pick out the ingredients that fit for that moment i think
2: that like i did find it amusing when they had like the the getting ready montages for helena but they had like spencer already in the room he ran back out they did the getting ready montage with all the servants and then he ran back into the room as if he hadn't been there i thought that was like an amusing little bit but other than that. I
0: thought that was kind of a fuck off moment. How, if I, if I were one of those maids, I'd be like, hey, hi, um, so first question, how fucking stupid do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, that's mainly what I'm wondering because it was just like, oh, come on. That wasn't one of my favorite bits, but maybe I'm letting my dislike for Spencer cloud the situation because I thought all the stuff about him and Helena Having secret sex on Christmas was deeply unfunny and untouching. Like, oh, hmm. some of the worst scenes of the season.
2: Yeah, he's a bit of a whiny bro. That's about the size of Spencer. And and then remarkably, oh. she got a second bland, nothing of interest in one season.
1: Yeah, who I've even, maybe less. I think I have even less to say about
0: the only thing i have to say about jack is why was he ever american he could have owned a property somewhere far away that necessitated him to fly a plane without being an american and they cast a british actor who did an american accent so poorly uh that's just all i have to say about him
1: maybe someone didn't want helena maybe someone didn't want (laughs) helena shacking up with an american thought she should keep it inside the country and had him killed maybe that's what (laughs) happened
2: it's remarkable actually that like Even, like, if you count King Simon, like, how many lovers has has Helena managed to go through now in the space of, like, three seasons? There's been a few now. I mean, there's at least five that I can think of. Um, So it seems quite remarkable that they keep finding people that you can't really... Even, like, Captain Lacey, neither of you could remember his name for an entire season, despite the fact he, he kept relentlessly popping up. Um, and his
0: name was Alister Lacey <laughs> which is not like Joe Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah. So I just think it's interesting that they keep like giving obviously Liz Hurley is what sold this show when it was first commissioned but you know they like, they don't seem to be able to find anything f- for her character to kind of latch onto in, in terms of lovers like she's done other interesting stuff in this show but it's rarely when she's with Um, anyone whom her character is meant to be having sex with
0: it's a shame uh i mean we'll talk we can talk about this more when we get to helena but it's a shame that they didn't let her stay evil because now with robert on the throne she could have been a real co-schemer but we'll see speaking of pretty bland love interests we had prince sebastian who i definitely prefer to spencer because he wasn't a pouty whiner at any point he always had a very good attitude and Kind of looked on the bright side of life and was very positive about Eleanor in a non-condescending way, yeah, we, which we, I appreciated.
1: We did talk about him a little bit already, but yeah, he seems like a nice and supportive person and yeah, that's about it. All right, he's fine. Yeah. I li- yeah, he's all right.
0: He's fine. Uh We have- Oh, he has the film.
1: superpower to arrange like- Buying a restaurant and setting up racks and racks and racks of clothes <laughs> instantaneously. That's called h-
0: having money, darling. Well, he's
1: sitting at the table with her. I you, you, I feel like you would take at least a couple of phone calls.
0: <laughs> you can do it all by text now. It's it's mm. an app. Destroy Man's Life app. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Harper, the very unprofessional yeah. female reporter. I ranted enough about her this season, but I will say it was very disappointing to see Yet another woman with a job just turned out to be someone who was only using her sexuality to get ahead.
2: Yes, the weirdest, yeah. the weirdest thing is that um, Margot Stilley, who played uh, Harper, are like I, she's, I mean, she's not a well-known actress, but when I saw her name, I was like, "Oh, Margot Stilly, this should be good." And then they gave her nothing. And I was like, "I don't know why they got Margot Stilly to play this role. I... They could have got anyone to have played that role." Like. I don't know why they kind of wasted her uh, it was, it was a bit I tragic. Uh, I would have I feel never like guessed this a...
0: actress had played anything before. Me too. She seemed like a novice. She seemed like she it... could have been reading off a teleprompter. It
1: it was
2: a I thought it was a pretty bad performance. Yeah. I I'm not saying it was a great performance, but like in other stuff she's been quite good, so I was a bit disappointed that kind of Maybe
0: she just didn't give a shit and her well... because her character was so offensive, which is totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly do not fault her if she was like ah, Fuck it. I'm going to learn my lines five minutes beforehand. What? You're going to dress me in a jacket as a dress? Okay. Uh, But uh, a professional woman I ended up enjoying a lot more despite a negative first impression. Rosie, the soldier, turned bodyguard.
1: Cool girl
0: turned human girl. Her first
1: scene... Her first scene was one of the worst introductions of any character in maybe the entire series. Um, I blame
0: Liam again. Somehow he yeah. was the one who infected, infected those poor soldiers. Yeah. yeah. And
1: then she came back and she was competent in that one episode with the boxing. And then in the next episode, she was kind of nervous about her new job in a very charming way. And that... And she showed a little vulnerability that was really nice. And yeah, she just became like this brand new character, except for, I mean, she did kind of let, like, try to hook up Jasper and Eleanor again at the end, which might have been a slight And she was
0: a part of the worst moment of uh, fight choreography of all time. (laughs) Let's not let that pass us by. (laughs) The gun swing in between Rosie and Jasper with him catching Eleanor's wrist was like... What I would see on a high school theater stage, and I'd be like, <laughs> "They should have rehearsed that more." <laughs> yeah, I wish I was joking. It was painful to watch, excruciating to rewatch. Just like they were moving so slow, it was so like, and you put your foot here, and then <laughs> I put my hand here and move it here, and I was just like, "Ah, you guys are killing me!" So that was rough. I I do think if they're gonna cast this girl as a soldier, I mean, I like this actress, but. Maybe they should have cast someone with a little bit more like fight choreography or I don't know, hand to hand combat, martial arts training experience. What am I talking about? It's the Royals. I mean,
2: I think, I think like the scene, like the scene with the squad is where they were just all like, I mean, the amount of times they all like did a, like, um, like they kept touching their glasses and like kind of cheering. And it's just like, just like, I just drink them, stop. Constantly going on about, yeah. like, it was such a kind of weird scene. And yeah, she, like, the whole one of the boys thing is just, it was just not a good look for that, that kind of character. And I, I honestly think if they'd have just introduced her, like, in a, like, if there had just been a different person in that scene and then they'd have introduced this character at the boxing match, I think that would have just, there wouldn't have been anything lost by not having seen her before that episode, you know?
0: I think they could have done that scene with her hanging out with the other guys and dialed down the, I'm not like the other (laughs) girls-ness of it, where it's like, you're not a sister, you're a brother. It's like, okay. Like, so, I what are you trying to say? But honestly, as someone who has family in the armed service and stuff, I mean, don't we all? We all have soldiers that we know and love for the most part, I think. I found... The Royals just has a very patronizing attitude towards those in the armed service. So I, I should stop looking for tasteful moments where they acknowledge <laughs> soldiers' sacrifices because they're simply not going to be there. And this was kind of an egregious example. Uh, so just to wrap up with our, let's call them major minor characters, uh, we got a few really fun appearances from Veruca Popperwell, who is Cyrus's ex-wife and the mother of Maribel and Penelope, who are no longer on the show, but I will say, when I was rewatching parts of season one, I was like, oh man, the original (laughs) two actresses who played that were having a lot of fun together, and I did sort of feel a pang in my heart, so it was nice to have a bit of Veruca this season, kind of keeping up the vulgar royal tradition for us.
2: The one actress um, who didn't get the surgery in season two... Um, she's like she's very busy anyway over here with a couple of different series. So I think it was just the fact that the Royals couldn't get her back. But you know, they did mention. I don't blame her either. Yeah, they did mention. They did mention her a couple of times, and they were like, you know, she's in Europe somewhere, and you know.
0: They didn't even mention them by name. They just mentioned (laughs) that they were off, like doing drugs in Europe. And I was like, I hope they're having fun. Whatever happened to them (laughs) in their weird love triangle with that anti-monarchist? See you later. He was around for two seasons and wow, nothing ever happened with him.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, Veruca, she's only on two episodes and she's kind of halfway between Penelope and Maribel and Cyrus, and that she's part scheming and kind of vindictive and evil, and also part kind of goofy and like fun as a character. Like she's somewhere
2: between those two poles. The thing with like introducing like an ex wife or something to a character that's been around for you know at this point like 20 something episodes when she was introduced you have to believe that at some point cyrus would have been with her and i think they were i mean they, they were relatively good in kind of convincing me that, that at once they could have been a couple you know that cyrus would have maybe given into pressure to like marry someone and it you know like marrying someone who basically wouldn't was kind of very vulgar and didn't really fit into the kind of model of being part of the family i think that kind of is something that cyrus would do is like pick the least appropriate kind of person to marry and have kids with and, and that kind of i was sold on that at least
0: yeah i could see her being like a fun pretty party girl when she was younger
1: Basically, I'm going to go over some names and some names we've already mentioned. And you guys just tell me if you think they'll be back next season. But the first few, um, I say don't even say anything unless you disagree, because the first few are going to be names that I am confident will not be back. In fact, the first four are definitely dead. And they are. (laughs) They are Jack Parker, Jeff Domino. This is the In Memoriam section. Um, (laughs) Violet. I think we can now say Violet is actually dead. We didn't know for sure. Yeah, but what the fuck
0: happened to her, though? I
1: don't know, but I feel like she's definitely dead at this point. Yeah. And in the most baffling death of the year, Chad, Cyrus's (laughs) lookalike, who is also introduced this season, (laughs) We can't
0: talk about that anymore because then I'm going to need to talk for another 45 minutes about that scene alone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The second list is another one where I'm pretty sure all these characters won't be back. These are characters we weren't sure at the beginning of this season if we'd see again and didn't. And I think they're gone for good. Penelope and Maribel, Dominique Jr., Prudence and Simon, who seemed like they would be a big plot point but are just gone.
0: That was so weird. God, that was so weird. It still is.
1: Um, the show is o- crazy. Ophelia, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever see again, unless she comes up for like maybe the series finale. Yeah. Nah. Uh, anti, anti-monarchist guy. Uh, we nah. talked about Duchy a little
2: bit. Um, And Alistair Lacey. Now, here's where... I think they might have Duchy back at some point. I think there might be one episode where they're like, here she is in prison or whatever. Like there might be something where they kind of visit her. Um, Get Jim maybe Collins not. one time. Yeah, maybe not in season four, but if the show gets maybe a fifth season and maybe someone announces that's the final season, maybe they'll bring it back for one.
0: I could see Penelope and or Maribel dropping in in that same For like same one way. cameo. Like for yeah. a cameo, yeah.
1: Here are some characters we saw in season three that I personally think we won't see again, but we might be able to, so you can shout out if you think so. Uh Number one, Rachel, who we already talked about. Number two, Violet's fishmonger lookalike. I think we're probably done with that character.
0: I'm honestly not sure, because I thought we were done with her after the one time she appeared, and then she came back, and I was like, what? And she's even named, Zach and I discovered by doing some searching online, her <laughs> name is Lana, or Lana, so, yeah, I'm but not- But I'm going to continue I, to call her. On the face of it, I'll agree, but I'm, I'm going to say I'm not 100% sure.
1: Liam's weird friend who was in two episodes, I don't think we'll see that guy Madden? again. Yeah, whatever yeah. his name was. Hopefully, yeah. we've seen the last of Beck. Who uh, we thought uh, we.
0: <laughs> Beck is like an STD that will not go away.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think Beck might be back for one more episode simply because he's a friend of Robert's. And so he might want to visit him now he's king and he might want to take advantage of that. So maybe um, so.
1: And this enters us into the phase of characters who we really may see again. And I kind of want to know what you guys think. Crenshaw.
0: Yes, because he's stuck around since season one. So they obviously like that actor enough to have him back repeatedly yeah and he's willing
1: okay fair enough um
2: veruca poppin well do you think veruca's done oh no i think i think mm-hmm. they're gonna bring her back for i think i can see her if they have maribel and um uh, thingamajig back <laughs> i penelope. penelope i think if they have them back i think they might have her back at the same time i think there might be an episode where you have all of cyrus's family in yeah. one do you know mean, how
0: you remember the difference between maribel and Penelope? How? Maribel, Bell is beauty. Maribel is the one who got plastic surgery.
1: Uh, that's a good. Uh, that's like a stalactite stalagmite kind of neat <laughs> head trick. For that's
0: the trick I invented. It does not work for season one.
1: Boone, do you think Boone will continue to Who's provide
0: Boone? Us... Oh, <laughs> Boone, 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 Brandon Boone. Yeah, he's been around. I'm gonna say yes because we still don't. In my, we still may not know what the big thing that Boone told Jasper was because Zach and I argued about a lot in our finale <laughs> episode, the show's very unclear about this. So I'm just saying definitely we're gonna see Boone again. Like, definitely yes.
2: They they had Boone be like, I've got this terrible secret to tell and he told that to uh, Jasper. And then an episode later Jasper's like, There's a terrible secret and then an episode after that they still haven't said what the secret is. It's That's like true. Yeah. they really stretched that one little thing out. So yeah, he's gonna be back. Cause they've had him.
0: Yeah, there's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, they've actually.
2: had him like, had him like once in a, at least once or twice a, a season so far, every season, haven't they? So that
1: brings us to uh, a Boon adjacent character. Do you think
2: Harper will ever show up again in this show? I
0: pray not.
2: I don't think so. I think basically like that getting the the secret to like out of her or getting the information to her, whatever that whole storyline was, I think that was, that's the end of that. I think that's a fair
1: call. I agree with it. Um, Here's one that's kind of interesting. How about Sebastian? Is Sebastian gone?
0: I think this is going to depend on the model who plays Sebastian. And I do say model because he was someone I recognized as a very famous, very often used fashion model. Uh, I think it may actually partially depend on his schedule, because I do think they're going to go the route that Eleanor leaves to go with him and fix things up and comes back. And then whether he'll actually come back with her for a fun little appearance, although I don't think he'll ever be a real strong romantic rival to Jasper because he's just too nice or they'll just be like I said goodbye to Sebastian what a great friend it was a wonderful 6 months <laughs> hanging out with him yeah <laughs> do you remember Sebastian like it could go to me it's so 50-50 it could go either way but i do i do think it's probably worth acknowledging that like that guy has more things on his plate than just the royals sure sure
2: depending on sense. the depending on the time jump at the start of season 4 like if they start the day after the coronation then maybe we won't see him But if they start, like, six months later and they need, like, an episode to be, like, this is where, you know, Ellen has been, then maybe they might include him in just the opening episode for, like, one scene just to kind of say, you know, thanks for traveling around the world for the last six months or something.
0: I don't think they can get us, like, I don't think they can realistically, I mean, not that they ever have, but I don't think they can... (laughs) Develop the Eleanor Jasper relationship in a way that makes even a semblance of sense unless she has a chance to go away for six months and come back, or like go away for at least a short amount of time and come back because
2: Yeah, but it just depends at this
0: point he has so put her through the ringer.
2: It just depends if the show wants to play those six months out as the gap between the seasons or if it actually wants to show it and Oh,
0: totally. I'm just saying I want to throw that in there as the reason why, like, I'm sure that Eleanor is going to go away with Sebastian. Yeah. Because it just is the only thing that makes sense. And they seem to kind of tee that up with Jasper's like, when you're away, don't forget about us, princess, which <laughs> we'll talk about. But it did make me want to die.
1: Um, okay. How about the living embodiment of nothing, Spencer? Do you think Spencer's gone
2: for good? Yeah, I think he's no. uh, I, th- I think he's done. I think we'll get a new Lord Chamberlain who'll be a bit I more like the you know
1: no.
0: I'm gonna
2: side with Darren. They go Helena goes through love
1: interests like popcorn on this show. And I, I wouldn't be like too they surprised. Were,
0: I mean, I don't want him to come back, but I feel like they were really trying something like almost making him her Jasper, in a sense, like this member mm. of the staff that she starts just a sexual relationship with, but then it turns out that, like, oh, he actually cares about her. And, like, to me, he checks off all the boxes for the sort of idiotic character that this show will drag along like a dead weight until At, it eventually collapses.
1: He does still serve a purpose as a point of contention between Robert and Helena, so he also yeah, has that she's function. Yeah,
0: she's not immediately over the fact that he fired him i think it depends
2: it depends on the time jump if they come back and it's a few days later or a week later then maybe there'll be mention of him if they decide to go further forward then they'll probably just put him to one side and and not bother revisiting it
1: then that brings us to angie do you think angie will ever come back to the show Uh, yes because i think you have
0: to have Catherine next season and they're going to keep angie around too
2: yeah, I think, but I think both of them have to come back, at least for a couple Catherine of episodes. Catherine
0: has to come back. Yeah. Catherine has been poised as the love of Liam's life now. Like, the reason, <laughs> his re- raison d'etre. I mean, that's basically what this season posits. Like, you have a future with me. Like, she um, has to come back, or this entire season was the biggest bullshit.
1: Well, at, uh, to be fair, this is the show that ditched Ophelia after one season, who was the
2: love of Liam's life.
0: That was because that actress demanded to exit the show.
2: <laughs> I mean, okay. Ophelia had narration in the open, in the pilot, and then she was gone and she came back for one episode in season two. It's like, that's such a, like, such a complete like you can't even—it's so weird that they did that. It, it's just—it's kind of weird, but yeah.
0: I would put hard money on Merritt Patterson being the one to make that decision. Well, yeah. I would honestly like dollars to donuts.
2: I mean, I—I I think Catherine and Angie kind of have to come back, even if it's only for a few episodes, before Liam finds yet another woman to, to glom onto.
0: I mean, when he sees Willow and Robert together, he may be like, wait, Willow's the love of my life because I can't have her. That's honestly yeah. the sort of person he is.
1: He is that kind of person. Uh, in that case, well, we already we covered Catherine also with that question. Uh, so that just leaves a couple more. Um, how about Sarah Alice?
0: Without a doubt, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and again, I'm asking big names because this show does sometimes drop major characters very suddenly, which is why I'm asking every single one of these. Uh, James Hill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, the, w- the one you didn't bring up is, oh my gosh, he was such a big part of this season. I can't believe I'm spacing on his name. Uh, the guy Cyrus sexually blackmails.
1: Uh, yeah. The guy you called Wormtail. Wormtail. But I don't, I I don't think
0: Wormtail will be back. <laughs> he did have a name. Walcott. Started with Walcott. started Yeah. I think
1: it's Walcott. No,
0: it was something even Westcott? more. I don't know. Westcott. Westcott, yeah. That Westcott. was it. It was Westcott. Yeah. It was West Guy. Yeah. Nah, West Guy, he... I do not think would be the Now, nah, we'll he's
2: done. done. He's, his storyline had a beginning, middle, and end, as terrible as that beginning was and as horrible as the end oh. was.
0: But. I have guess we I seen should also ask her. Saffron. Saffron,
2: yeah. Saffron is the other
1: one I should ask about.
0: I could see Saffron coming back for some minor scheme in season four, especially because, you know, Cyrus is going to be plotting against Robert, and she is honestly one of his most competent allies Yeah. <laughs> in terms of getting shit actually done.
1: Yeah. She's his sole henchwoman at this point kind of
0: <laughs> they even talk about her several times when she's not on screen like in the parliament scene for example when cyrus seems to take offense at eleanor calling her duchess cinnamon of <laughs> Baroness Saffron, which was a joke i actually liked all yeah.
1: right um yep so that concludes that i would not be surprised if some of those characters we think are coming back don't, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do either. And of course Willow's the parents coming parents of
0: the child actor who plays Sarah Alice might watch the <laughs> season of the show she was on and go, Oh no, 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 we do not my, want to be involved in My other in this. concern
1: with Sarah Alice you is like, t- before they start filming again, if she... Especially if they start up just like a week later, if she starts getting a big old growth spurt
2: or something like that, that could be a problem for the show. Yeah, I I would say this. Sarah Alice, the character, will definitely be back. Whether or not they use the same actress or they recast might be a whole different.
0: Oh, yeah. It could be like a Lily from Modern Family situation, for sure. Sure,
2: that's true. Okay, that wraps
1: up, I think, all of our discussion of the minor, non-essential characters. I didn't even ask Willow because I think she's definitely, definitely more than anybody. Oh, yeah.
0: No way she's not coming back. I no. mean, but maybe there was a time I would have said that about Ophelia, but I honestly feel like as soon as we saw her with that tiara on her head, it was like, okay, lock it down. Yeah. Even though all the mem all the female members of the peerage are wearing tiaras, as you will see as the camera pans, but she's definitely the one standing next to him.
1: I guess we could start with uh our once. And not future villain Cyrus. At various points in the season, kind of showed potential, and then didn't really seize on it.
0: He's still seriously floundering as a character in terms of having stuff to do. A lot of his drive, for, like the back half of the season, was real. To be or not to be, will I commit suicide or it not? Was. Which it was not my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, but I think I think something. The
2: addition of like the body double. I think that was, like, that was, like, the one kind of bright spot for Jake Mascal was just him being able to play this, like, kind of common Cockney (laughs) version of the same character and just being able to have... Don't even talk
0: to me about the body double (laughs) right now, Darren. Well, yeah, the
2: ending was a bit, like, I mean, that's a terrible way to end it, but, like, all the stuff, like, obviously... Before it even happened, it was obvious that he was going to have sex with his body double because the only person Cyrus truly loves is himself. And I just thought that that was a a funny way for them to do that. And that's one of a couple scenes in the season. There are maybe a handful of
1: these. I'd say a few in the Christmas episode I liked. Uh, This one where he has sex with his body double and then he seems to have his mojo back. And the one where he threatens Westcott are all good scenes for Cyrus as Cyrus. Yeah.
2: I think. I think him but, letting the fox loose as well was quite funny. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah,
0: whatever happened to that fox, that fox was honestly a great <laughs> was, character.
2: Yes or no, fox shows up next season. <laughs> I would love it if they did. I'd love it if occasionally someone I was just looks over that and Eleanor there's a fox would
0: keep there. It. Yeah. It would be fun if it were like an Annie's boobs from community situation where it just sort of randomly pops up like in an air vent. People are like, did you see that?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I particularly like. Annie's boobs is
0: the monkey on community for the uninitiated. It's not an actual pair of (laughs) boobs.
2: I I like that you have to clarify that. I I...
0: I don't know. I don't want people to think I'm like into creep shots or something like that.
2: I just, I liked, I liked as well like with the whole fox thing where, you know, Cyrus is like, this wild animal just happened to get into the palace, and he's like lying to James Hill, and James Hill's obviously like this. Just seems like you know, like what is going on here? Why am I trying to chase down a a fox? And he kind of makes out like this fox is like a huge thing, and it's just like a a cub, um, you know. So I thought there was some funny stuff, but mostly, I mean, Cyrus, I don't know what they like making him king should have done something, but it just seemed like he had they had no idea what it to sucked do with a lot him. of
1: his energy out of him.
2: Yeah, I don't know why.
1: I don't know the purpose of the cancer thing. I hope we never hear mention of this suicidal streak ever again.
0: Yeah. Um, He became King. And then we just, there was never any fun in being King. Like it was all just misery the entire time from his coronation on.
1: Yeah. But like Shannon said, and like I have said, I think, I hope, I pray for the shake of the character and the fact that I like Jake Mascal a lot, that having a bigger bad and being out of power will give the character finally the kick he needs to get back to what we used to know back in season one. Yeah.
0: It really was the most necessary thing that Robert be the one to take the throne at the end of this season. Like, it it was an absolute must.
2: And I think as well, like, you know, um, his his getting to the throne, you know, scheming with Helena, you know, to with that doctor who lied about the DNA, all that kind of stuff. Like, that was a good story. It was an interesting story, but then it's almost like once they put him on the throne, you know, with lords singing about people ruling the world, it was like, well, then what do you do next? And it was like, they had absolutely no idea of of what to do with that character as king, other than have him like lock people up and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, well, he's just not fun anymore, is he? He should have been the driving force
1: of season two as the villain. Yeah. and Instead, they focused on Domino and by the time season three came around, like, Basically, they were out of momentum. Yeah, They've
0: always been way too into, like, making Cyrus sympathetic, which is actually the last thing that character needs.
1: It's true. Yeah. Even Although, though
0: it's really hard to watch him in early season one when he's basically just, like, a full-on rapist with no likable qualities, like, just yeah. torturing Prudence and the other mates, which is pretty horrible. But their So I'm glad thing they softened that. But.
1: May finally... I think they might find some purchase with the likability thing in season four, finally, because...
2: Having a worse person around is a good way to make that work. I mean, I I loved I loved the thing where he's like poisoned because obviously you know someone must have said to them Domino didn't work. That seems great. And so him poisoning the guy and then going oh here's the antidote oh we're there that's just more poison. That is just <laughs> that's the <laughs> <yes. a laughs> yes. funniest yes. thing that the show could have done at that moment. But it's also yeah, like the- an acknowledgement of oh this storyline was terrible. It's going nowhere. So let's just kill the exactly. last person off. And I, th- I, th- exactly. I just like that as just a whole, you know, I just thought that was a great scene.
0: I mean, it is possible for someone to be, like, a villain who's doing bad things, who's also likable. I feel like the show almost sure. doesn't understand. They're like, no, we have to show, like, how tortured they actually are, blah, blah blah. But, like, fun villains are kind of a staple of campy TV and always have been. So hopefully they'll kind of steer into that direction instead of out of it this time taking
2: the daughters away also lost something for him because he could be terrible to them and it would at least be mildly amusing in some cases but he had no family he was just like a guy with you know prostitutes being knighted and it's like well i don't know what's going on with this character anymore
1: you guys are ready to move on, I suppose we could talk about Helena, who is, you know, still whatever, like she had said, she's whatever she needs to be at any given moment. She's like.
0: mostly nice. They kind of play through the idea that Robert was her favorite child, which is something that is long established. Uh, I mean, I like, I've liked the genuine moments of warmth that she's had with Eleanor, and I really liked her finally giving it to Liam when he needed it most, but... <laughs> In general, I have not enjoyed the more saccharine direction for this character, and I wish she had a little bit more of like a hard-edged schemer type thing going on. But
1: Even though, like you said, she's not particularly good at scheming.
0: No, no, no. But there's something in the idea of being a schemer who's not good at scheming, too. There's something in the idea of realizing, like, oh, everything I achieved that I thought I got through my own ambitions and scheming was actually done through my mother murdering someone. And then, (laughs) oh, I think I'm such a great schemer, but actually I'm being outplayed by my sociopath favorite child, and now he's taking my male love interest away from me by firing one slash potentially having something to do with the other one's plane crash? That's kind of our conspiracy theory right now. But, um, like, there's something there, but, of course, they'll never do anything along those lines. Like, this is just me making Um... up a fanfic, basically.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I
1: will say, of all the characters, the major central characters, I feel like I have the least faith in this character really having something to do next season.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be her slowly realizing that Robert is evil and her being, like, rocked by that realization. I
1: think so, too. But I don't think she's going to be a very front and center character. I don't think she's going to be driving much of the action.
0: I think it's interesting because...
2: With Cyrus on the throne, essentially Helena was merely, like, an ex-queen. Like, she wasn't really part of the line. But with Robert on the throne, that makes her the king's mother. So that actually does give her a place, like, in the court. So that actually could lead to something interesting. But, you know, I don't know if Mark Schwann will capitalize on that particular thing. But potentially she could have, like, a very key role in things going forward. You know, obviously her and Eleanor were the ones who were standing next to Robert. Um, you know, at the coronation. So, you know, it feels like she has essentially aligned herself with Robert and maybe they could do something with that. But like you say, they just keep but they changing won't. this character. They won't. Yeah. They
0: could, but they won't.
2: This show is not adept at showing like,
1: the heads of state or the kings or whatever actually duly, doing much ruling. The it's mostly just about even, what happens in the family. Yeah.
0: The show, But the show's not even good at showing the family interacting. So much of the time they spend spun off with their own separate love interests that, like, you don't even feel like they're a family unit, honestly. The yeah. show would be so much more compelling if you felt like there were actually something at stake for them as a family. Like, not just the family business, but the family itself. Yeah,
1: in particular, like, Ella, Eleanor and Cyrus, who have, like, two scenes together each season,
2: more or less. <laughs> I mean, they gave Helena something to do in the previous season with the, the deputy PM and, and all the stuff with the prime minister, and which, you know, wasn't pleasant, but at least it gave her something as part of the kind of political intrigue. This year, she just seemed to be spending her time off on holiday with men or, you know, watching her own son on a reality TV show. You know, it was just... I don't know, it just seemed like a a waste, because I think Liz Hurley can do stuff, it's just the show never quite seems to figure out what they want her to do.
1: I will also say that of the main cast, to me, not to be horrible, I think she's probably the most disposable, so it's easy to forget her as an afterthought.
2: I mean, let's talk about everyone's favorite internet hyphenate, Jelena.
0: (laughs) That's all I I have I'll say Eleanor is tired And so am I
1: The first Up until like The end of the Christmas episode More or less It was Pretty Fine It was the best That Jasper and Eleanor Has been So far In the entire series For the first half Maybe a little
2: more Than half of the season Yeah Yeah
0: It started so strong And then crashed so hard Yeah
2: I think the show Just likes putting people Into like Conspiracy stuff A bit too much And then it never knows what the payoff of the conspiracy is going to be. So, you know, Jasper kind of got embroiled in this whole thing of trying, you know, talking to Boone and all this kind of... And it's like, well, you know, like both of you said, he could have just brought Eleanor along for that and he could have... She could have been in on the, you know, she could have been in the loop on everything that was going on that he was doing, but... I don't know, the show just likes breaking this couple up and then putting them back together and then breaking them up.
1: Uh, And the problem is that they constantly make it so Jasper is so consistently fucking up over and over and over again. Like, it would be better if they had a strong relationship and then they found a way for Robert to sabotage it, where they both mutually agreed that for external reasons they can't see each other, but it doesn't make Jasper an asshole.
0: But they've that also would be much spent better. like, they've spent like two days where they were in a relationship and not fighting about something. <laughs> or like another yeah. man was somehow wedging himself in. It's really hard to root for a relationship when you've never actually seen them be happy together. And it's just him constantly gaslighting her, telling her like, All your emotions are wrong and illogical and bad. Okay, bye. Okay, I'm back. And now your emotions of anger are wrong because I'm in love with you. Like, no matter what she's thinking or feeling, the show is like, no, 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 no. What about love?
2: I mean, they they did hold Uh, hands in a stadium while a man was torn limb from limb. You know, (laughs) that was a touching moment for them. It's a pretty memorable first date but i don't, i don't know i not first date technically but i think i think the problem i think the problem with this relationship always stems back to how it started and you can kind of never forget that but the show's done as much as it possibly can to try and wipe that from your minds by but Reese. then they
0: brought it up again this season <laughs> yeah. in a moment that absolutely left me reeling cuz they mentioned it to Sarah Alice of all characters <laughs> she had been date raped i was so unbelievably horrified like Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just had to put that in there. <laughs> they do try to get away from it, but then they don't.
2: Obviously, this is a, you know, this relationship is very popular with the fan base. You know, you just have to go on Tumblr for more mm. than five minutes and you find that out. But at the same time, they have no idea how to put this relationship together without it being terrible.
1: We've talked about how, uh, there's a, certainly a disconnect between Shannon and I and the larger fan base <laughs> for this show. And I am totally sure that for most fans of this show jasper or eleanor is their favorite aspect of the entire thing yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: completely agree yeah. and i think the internet has definitely borne that out i mean just because <laughs> we're not down with the teens doesn't mean that i don't know what they're up to i
2: mean you just have to look at like the the instagrams of either of the actors and you it's it, like it, you know in real life tom austin and uh alexandra park are clearly good friends and Somehow the show wants to pretend that that's what the relationship is on screen is the same as it is off screen and it's just not there. Unfortunately, yeah. you know. And I, they do I have mean, chemistry. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no denying that. And that's the problem is like if they had no chemistry, you could be yeah. like, oh well, break them up and let's not put them back together. But the fact that they have chemistry means that March wants tempted to constantly push them back together because you know it's the it's the best relationship that the show has had in terms of chemistry
1: and and this goes without saying but like based on what i've seen of any of these characters the people who the actors in this show when they're not in character when they're doing interviews what have you they all seem like lovely nice perfectly kind nice people and like i think that goes without saying but yeah I don't I don't begrudge any of them just because their characters are occasionally awful.
0: oh yeah, we never have felt that way ever, even when we haven't necessarily enjoyed people's performances or acting choices. That doesn't mean we're commenting on their personality I, in real life, but I, I just assume that went without saying
1: i'll 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 say um a nice thing about the character of Jasper this season just just for a change of pace, Must I guess <laughs> um okay. What we did get from Jasper this season that I liked was largely thanks to Tom Austin, I think, um, he proved that occasionally he can actually be funny. He can have scenes where he's, like, a humorous, fun character. And in the scenes where he had to be, uh, like, emotional, I thought Tom Austin sold it pretty well. So I'll I'll give Jasper that. Yeah.
0: He's a good actor. I mean, it's... Not the performance that's the problem. It's the writing that's the problem. Like, I do have some performance issues on this show. As much as I like the actor who plays Robert, I feel like he's either getting conflicting direction or conflicting something because his performance from scene to scene either supports the sociopath theory or he has, like, tears in his eyes while he's having an emotional discussion with family. But Tom Austin is someone who has, across all three seasons, been... Pretty consistently good. I mean, I think it's a mark of uh his talent that he switches pretty seamlessly between the British and American accents.
1: And I, I think this season gave him more range yeah. to work with than the previous Yeah, and it
0: let him be funny, like you said, which is just like. It's impossible to find any enjoyment in this character without some moments of levity in between the angst, although they are. So hard to come by sometimes, and
2: I think uh, I think of course the only the, the like the downside of the whole Jasper thing is that it, it restricts what Eleanor gets to do, and obviously Alexandra Park is you know a bright spot on the show, and it's just sometimes you think to yourself, well. If they could just let Jasper not be in a few episodes, you know.
0: Yeah, they just, she never, it's like he robs her of all her comedic moments and like anything else she could have going on where she could be involved in the political intrigue. It's so superseded by their like destructive obsession with each other.
1: It really does feel like in both of the past two seasons at the very minimum, like there are almost two separate shows going on. And one of them is this political show where we're figuring out Robert's a sociopath and we're figuring out who's going to take the throne. And then there's the Jasper and Eleanor show, which is almost a completely different show that like has as little like a few connections, but not too many with like the more overarching plot line over here. Well, I mean, Jasper sticks his toe in a little, but Eleanor barely ever does. Yeah,
2: it's funny, actually, because obviously you mentioned that, you know, in the finale, there is like a... Um And I kid you not, a three and a half minute sequence that is just like the highlights of their relationship. Um And like if you're ever on YouTube and you see anything that has anything to do with hashtag Jelena, there are so many fan videos that are basically just cutting everything else out of the episodes that isn't just Eleanor and Jasper. And that is, I think, that's the show that some some fans out there only ever see. Some people watch. Yeah, yeah. that is the they don't they don't care about anything else. That's just the show that they're watching is just Ellen and Jasper, which is why obviously you know it's so prominent and it's you know even when it doesn't need to, it takes up like a third of every episode. It's just this sometimes nothing's going on with either of those characters, but they they just keep coming up.
1: That's why they have to manufacture these little fights early on, which I think would have been nicer if. They were just kind of happy and they had a while of being happy, and it would have been more impactful when they broke up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not
0: case. like people don't find that interesting. I mean, like Darren mentioned, a huge part of the reason these characters are so popular is because Tom Tom Austin and Alexandra Park are friends in real life and post a lot on social media together, and people have really latched on to that. So, like, that just goes to show people would watch them being happy together, you know? (laughs) Like, you don't have to make it just constant misery. That's my thing. Like, as much as I enjoy the character of Eleanor, I can never get 100 into her because she is so like the punching bag for the show just whenever they need someone to be like in turmoil it's like how can we fuck up eleanor's life just as badly as possible and make someone hurt her so badly so she's just in complete emotional anguish great thanks
1: like i said it feels like it's an entirely segregated separate storyline that eleanor is in that doesn't (laughs) almost never touches the, the A story of this, whatever, political ascension to the throne stuff. Yeah. That brings us to, I guess, our ostensible main characters for this season, I would say, which are the brothers Liam and Robert. Yeah.
0: I'm still Team Robert. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if he goes full Richard III and, like, murders everyone next season... It's going to be really hard for me not to get behind that at this point. Like, everyone else is just bumming me out with their lack of drive and kind of just waffling around. I need a character who's interested in doing things instead of just talking about them. And Robert is that character, you know? Like, he got shit done this season. It's, I mean, on both, like, a literal as a person level and as a fictional character in terms of moving the story forward. It's just more interesting to watch someone who's not constantly sitting around complaining about their life.
1: On the fabled um, Marcus spectrum of moral and competent, Robert it may fail moral, but he is maybe the most competent character we've seen in a good long while. He's
0: more competent than Marcus, actually.
2: Yeah. I mean, Robert doing the whole, like, let's go to mom and let's say I want you to be on the throne and not me. Yes,
0: like, that was amazing. It's kind of like that
2: manipulation is like, it's on like a different level to what everyone else in the show has been doing. It and is. I think that's one of the things that this character did so well, like... Um, You know, the, the fact that he's like, you know, oh, I love this charity you've set up. I'm taking it over, by the way. It's my charity now. Goodbye. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yep. and then the fact that he's like, okay, Sparrow, you know, you're just a bit of an annoyance. Oh, let's have a boxing match. Oh, by the way, I'll let you win. You know, like, it's just, like everything he did was like so well executed and, and kind of towards a goal that literally nobody else in the show seemed to have a clue what was going on like half the time. And I think that's like quite quite interesting that they introduced this character who was like do you know what i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna become king and i don't think i'm gonna let anyone stop me and but i'm gonna pretend to not want to be king and i'm gonna make everybody else help me and that's basically what he did like at every stage you know he got liam to be petulant so he looked better he got cyrus to be kind of crazy so he looked better he got helena on his side so she wanted him on the throne he got eleanor on his side like basically at every stage he kind of He kind Mm -hmm. of played the opposite of what he wanted and everybody just was like, oh, no, no, Robert, you should be king. And he's like, okay, then I guess. And he's the one who set up the
1: decision by Privy Council, but let Cyrus think that it was his idea. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
2: he's just like everything he did was like so well executed and kind of towards a goal. And, you know, that's refreshing on this show, I would say, certainly.
0: I like sometimes having a break from the constant panting into each other's mouths to... Do the political stuff instead. So it's kind of refreshing to watch this character who actually seems to understand, like, I'm a politician. This is how I play the game. I'm super charismatic and I'm going to use that to my advantage instead of just, like, tripping into situations and being like, I guess I will become king." Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think Cyrus
0: didn't really plot for the throne. Oh, no. You know, he did not have a hand in Simon's death.
2: No. I think yeah. it's interesting as well that, like, even using Catherine, like, being like, um you know, obviously the final the final scene taints the whole thing, I think, for, you know, but he, the way that he if you watch back now, you can see that he kind of gets her a little close and he's like, oh, no, we can't be out in public. And then he's like, come to this charity event. And then he's like, oh, this is the girl that's, you know, from the charity event. And then he's out in public with people. He's like, oh, yeah, this is Catherine. You know, we're together. Like each gradual step of that to the point where, you know, he's he's kind of, even though at the end, his end goal was basically just to get rid of her anyway as revenge. But all the stages before that of like keeping her secret, but then introducing her to the public, uh, like the whole story he had for that was way above anything that Liam was doing which was he was just kept like hiding it from everyone and it's like well yeah, there's no end goal for Liam there it's like well what are you going to do with her nothing it's just you know if
0: that had been his actual motive like to, been to introduce her he pulls it off perfectly i was like that seriously is a great bit of it's an amazing publicity stunt like i pulled this girl's name randomly like some people <laughs> bought 500 tickets she bought one i just happened to pull her and we fell in love like that's Oh, that is like a flawless little publicity nugget right there.
2: Yeah, and even like when, like when he meets the press for the first time after his return, and he like is just making jokes and he's like picking which you know people are going to ask him which questions, and like the whole like the whole well, thing just makes him look so competent and at ease that you're like, well, how is? Or
1: even a good a good example of him maneuvering well is how he deals with crenshaw learning he's alive before the press conference yeah he's like okay you can break this story and you'll have no evidence and when i actually come out i won't talk to you or i'll give you a personal interview after the press conference tomorrow yeah like good he handled that very competently
2: yeah i i think and also max brown it, you know uh obviously i mean you, you know you, you both of you have said that he seems to be inconsistent scene to scene but i think whatever they're giving him to do he does really well, and I think obviously, you know, like the the you know even that that little the little flashback at the end of uh, the finale with, um, you know, with King Simon about the whole, you know, like I'm getting rid of the monarchy, you know, he like there's a lot of I mean they overdid it a little bit in the finale. There's so many like shots of him, and then he he jumps up into frame underneath a portrait, and and like they did that a couple of times in a couple of episodes, but. You know, Max Brown kind of, like, sold the idea of wanting the throne more than any of the other characters have done in two years.
1: Like, if if their way they're going with this character is that he is a full-blown sociopath, then the idea that he's good at faking emotions would not be a big surprise to like Like, sociopaths guess, are famously super good at faking all no, kinds no, of no. emotions. no, no.
0: I'm just saying, uh, I had my reasons for believing he was sincere because of acting choices made by Max Brown whether or not they actually count as inconsistencies or not I really think we're going to need to see the way this character develops in season 4 because yeah. we're yes. calling him a sociopath based on what we saw but the show is not saying that and the show is also I mean I don't think they're saying Robert's a good guy but they may not be they may not be trying to telegraph that he's a full-blown sociopath they might just have not done that great of a job with the villain reveal.
1: Quickly talk about how Liam became worse than ever this season, (laughs) because all he did was pine. He never did anything fun. He sat there like an abused little puppy dog who wasn't even actually being abused really well he kind of was at the end reveal but he
0: turned mom and Catherine away from me
1: <laughs> yeah he's like a little petulant child i hope i hope i hope they give him something to do other than pine over a woman and feel sad for himself next season oh
2: no that's, that's always liam's storyline uh, the, the weirdest thing is that like in some ways liam is correct in that there is something wrong, wrong with robert robert did go to that island for some kind of nefarious reason, you know, there, there's something going on, but he just doesn't know yeah. where it is and he can't prove it. So he just looks like an idiot, which, you know, kind of but sums up his this, character.
0: This is what I've been just absolutely baffled by though. If Jasper told, I, I I'm going back to the, this, my exact same rant from the finale episode, but <laughs> if Jasper told Liam, like, Robert knew about Ted and he did nothing to stop him from murdering your dad. Or even like Robert planned it all so he could be king. Why wouldn't Liam just go and fully tell it on the mountain from that before the coronation? My
1: my only explanation is that the source of this story is Boone and he has no evidence. So if he Uh, told his family, they would be like,
0: okay, this is an insane story. And they were like, okay, this is an insane story. (laughs) He already went ahead with no evidence on the stuff that he thought he knew and his family was like okay
2: (laughs) i think the problem with liam this season was there was too much of the hangover from season two which is he still had to wrap stuff up with willow then he kind of was a bit lost and then they kind of put him onto catherine but then catherine became robert's storyline so it just felt like he didn't you know aside from the fight club stuff um it just it you know, which one of the cleverer things they did this season was the foreshadowing of Robert punching him out. You know, um, aside from that, there was really nothing that Liam was doing that didn't feel like a repeat of him pining over someone in season two or pining over Philia in season one. You know, it just felt like too much of a Water.
0: they're too enchanted by william mosley's good looks which is too bad because he can he's always totally carried his weight as an actor and i really think that liam could like hold up to a few intentionally negative character traits well, like the show acknowledging them instead of <laughs> trying to be like he's perfect he's perfect in every way he'll be the perfect king because he's got a big heart and a big brain and he's perfect well,
1: we talked during Jasper and Eleanor's section about the divide between us and the general fan base, I would not be surprised in the slightest if the mo the vast majority of the fan base this whole season was going, oh poor Liam, like yeah. very much on his side. Top.
0: I top. don't know. There doesn't seem to be a huge Liam fandom. I mean, I think people think he's cute, but I don't. I don't think he because he doesn't have the chemistry with Ophelia or Catherine that Eleanor and Jasper have. None of his relationships have ever inspired that sort of fan devotion the way that Eleanor and Jasper have.
2: Yeah. I th- mm. And I, I think the thing is, as well, is because they keep chopping and changing who he's going out with, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, you know, on, so- on social media, the fact that Tom Austin and Alexandra Park post pictures of themselves all the time kind of lends a bit more of an air of authenticity to that relationship. Whereas William Mosley isn't posting pictures of himself with anyone because they keep getting rid of whoever his love interest is. So, you know, he just doesn't have the chance yeah. to, to get the same kind of fan base going.
0: We can't have like that sustained interest. So. No. That's true.
1: Ask everyone um, what their favorite. Moment let's, and or episode from say, this season was?
0: Let's say favorite episode, because I feel like we rattled down favorite moments for each episode pretty good. Let's say what were your favorite and alternatively least favorite episodes of the season?
2: I mean, I would say my, I liked the boxing match simply because it had so many good, like, minor characters in there and they kind of did something different with Eleanor and, you know, um, as an older brother, uh, you know, letting a younger brother pretend to beat you and then just kind of like being like, Oh no. It just
0: like wailing. Yeah, at him. just
2: being like, Oh no, you didn't, you did not win that fight. I just decided to kind of, you know, make it look like you did. And then him just punching him out and being like, Yeah, I'm the yeah. older brother. Don't ever forget that. I think that kind of spoke to me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Christmas episode too, but I think, um, having like a two and a half minute music video in there is such a weird thing, but like, it was a fun mm. episode, but at the same time, like, I don't know. For me, I liked Cyrus in that, but I think Cyrus kind of like drunk and smashing stuff is always going to be funny. But at the same time, it just reminded you that for the rest of the season, Cyrus was doing nothing. And so it, you know, I, my favorite was just people boxing because, and all the charity stuff, even, even if it did have some like kind of baby blackmail, which again, classic Cyrus, uh, you know, just reminds you how the rest of the season was nothing for him.
0: Yeah, my favorite episode was the boxing episode, actually. And, ooh, least favorite episode is hard to say. What was that one this season where we were like, nothing happened this episode? I know there was one. I think it was the really Harper-heavy episode, where besides that stuff, they were kind of just spinning their wheels Mm. on the moving towards the crown situation
1: yeah yeah i think it was the episode maybe even after the boxing episode
0: yeah Yeah. the one right after the boxing episode was like
2: nothing there was nothing going on it
0: was nothing happened yeah which is it's honestly it's more than disliking that single episode is just kind of like an indicator of a larger problem the show has which is Really uneven pacing. Things will move very slowly, then very quickly. Like yes. things that should be big reveals that are doled out over time are kind of crunched together. Whereas yeah, things that could really just happen take a long time to spin out. Um,
1: I guess I think I will actually say that at the end of the day, I think my Even though there's one or two very bad things in it, I do think the Christmas episode is probably my favorite of this season. Uh, The the ending stuff, most of the stuff with the Jasper storyline works up until Harper is revealed, and then that's toxic. But almost everything else in the story in that episode, I think, is pretty fun. It's like the only time, the whole season, you see the entire family interacting with each other. (laughs) And... And, and the, the Sarah scene, Alice and
0: Jasper stuff is very good in that Very episode. cute.
1: Yeah, it's very nice. And I think the scene, like, I think the scene with the gifts has, so, I mean, it at least has a potential of being, like, the key moment of the entire
2: season. Yeah. So, I mean, I also liked the kind of, I liked the retconning in the finale of, like, oh, I disbanded the monarchy because I knew that, like. Everybody else in this family's terrible. Like, I think that that kind of, because that was what he said in the pilot anyway. King Simon was like, everyone in this family's terrible. I don't want anyone else to be, you know, like in the monarchy anymore. So. But
0: I actually, I actually just watched the series one premiere over. Another idea that they put in is that he wants to disband the monarchy because he feels that if Robert hadn't been striving to be king, he would still be alive because he wouldn't have gone into the military. So he talks about, like, wanting to disband the monarchy before any more of his children lose their lives to the pursuit of it. So, like, this is truly the retcon to end (laughs) all retcons because it's just straight up a 180 from what the show started off in the premiere.
2: But I I still thought it was just a nice moment of, like, seeing Robert in a Flashback with his father Because obviously We're not going to see Yeah that was a great scene We're not going to see Those two characters Kind of interact Possibly ever again You know Um, So I thought that was nice Just to have them together For one scene And kind of have those two actors Sharing sharing screen time It was
0: important Definitely to add stakes To the situation too And to kind of ground it And like I mean honestly A lot of season four Might be about their Father son relationship In a way So it definitely needed Something to kind of Pin that in place
1: Where would you guys place this season in comparison to the previous two?
2: I mean, I, I would say obviously it's, we said it, you know, a few times. It's stronger than season two easily because all the domino stuff came to nothing. Definitely,
1: that's still the worst season. Yeah, no questions. Yeah.
2: but I think the thing is having having King Simon in season one may just puts it above this season because his presence was very. I mean, as as good as Robert has been, I don't think you can kind of match his presence in the show. Um, so far. Yeah,
0: it really does come to, like, come down to, do you prefer the season of Simon or prefer the season of Robert? Because I was almost ready to be like, season three was the best overall. But then when I rewatched parts of season one, every scene with Simon, especially if Simon and Cyrus are together, is so good. And he just elevates, mm. like, every other performer he's in with, especially Helena. Like, yeah. He really gives her a soul and something to do. So I... Yeah, I would say it's like season one, and then right underneath that is season three, and then there's a huge drop of space (laughs) down, and then there's season two.
1: I mean, the only argument I would have for season three over season one is that I think season three is the least gross and the least creepy season. Yes, that's actually a really good
0: point. Yeah. It's the most, like, the sexual politics are the least horrifying, and that's saying something considering this was the season with that, like, adult baby blackmail.
1: (laughs) Right. So I guess the last thing to talk
2: about before we close up is what do you guys think is going to happen next season?
0: Oh man, <laughs> I
2: think I think possibly I mean as we just kind of hinted at, maybe I think we'll get a lot more flashbacks of Robert and his father. Um, you know, uh,
0: I think I would like that, but yeah, I don't think we're going I, to I get doubt that. that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe one or two, maybe one or two flashbacks over the season, maybe not. Like. Very heavy on it, but maybe something to show Robert's motivation for what he's doing while he's on the throne, maybe. But yeah, I don't, I mean, I think like Robert might just be, you know, keep this, this kind of act up of being a good person while Liam tries to kind of disprove that. Uh, that feels like that's going to be the driver for like season four.
0: I think that's definitely going to be the case because I think it's going nice to be too. a situation where like, Liam's trying to get Helena to see that Robert's a bad person. he's trying to get Eleanor and Jasper to see that Robert's a bad person, although Jasper will probably probably be like the first one over on his side, and then eventually it will come down to Willow, who will be his wife, probably, and he'll have to convince her, and there'll be the whole like dynamic of, oh, we had that sort of romantic thing once, etc
2: <laughs> Yeah, I abandoned you covered in champagne one time. Let's bring down the King of England.
0: That was so embarrassing. (laughs) That poor girl wore a corset outside of her clothes for an entire season and he was still like, "Mm, no.
2: I mean, I think, you know, it's like, I think the, the whole, the, I mean, we haven't even talked about it, but the ending frame of, um, season three with, uh for some bizarre reason Cyrus putting a gun up towards uh, yeah! back. Um, What the hell. <laughs> I think I think that's a that's I think
1: that's nothing. It's it's a pointless cliffhanger. Yeah, I think it's nothing. Yeah, but
2: I think I think the tension between Cyrus and Liam will be interesting because it'd be interesting to see how far Cyrus is willing to go to essentially help Liam become king, I think is the end game there, isn't it? I mean Cyrus isn't getting the throw back <sighs> anytime soon, so you know, hash- I don't
0: know. Well, I guess so. Hashtag I don't King know. William. They're going to have to make us forget so hard about all the times those two were at each other's throats, either figuratively or literally.
1: Okay, I, I concur that... The main thrust of the season is going to be Liam and Cyrus gradually convincing each individual member of the family that Robert is bad news, and I think they'll probably peel them off one by one until by the end of the season, almost everyone or everybody will realize that Robert is awful. The question is uh also there'll be a bunch of bullshit with Jasper and Eleanor of course. <laughs> but yeah, but the question is
0: how evil.
1: Is Robert.
0: This is where we're very... I have a lot of questions. Because... I'm not 100% sold that he is, like, a full-blown emotionless sociopath, despite the full Catherine thing, because we have to remember, this is a show that doesn't understand how people logically react to things, (laughs) and how humans actually talk to each other and interact. So, like, if they're still trying to sell us on Jasper as a romantic hero, I'm not sure that we're supposed to totally condemn Robert for what he does to Catherine, although I totally condemn Robert for what he does to Catherine. (laughs) But the Just way they that presented,
1: I feel like the way they presented the Robert stuff, and especially because he's fucking with Jasper and Eleanor, which is everybody's favorite, <laughs> who's a fan of this show. Yeah. I think it's clear more so than anything they ever really presented for Jasper. I think they're they're saying this guy is fucking evil, bad news all the way top to bottom.
0: I think and he's I, evil, I hope, but I actually, don't know that he's a sociopath. That's all.
1: Yeah, I hope that they just say fuck it and go with it and make him all the way a fucking villain. They
0: won't. If they're not going to do it with Cyrus, they're not going to do it with their handsome boy.
1: I mean, I I think he's he's a new new face and Liam's in opposition to him and they love Liam more than they love Robert. But I feel like if
0: they were like, well, Cyrus needs to have some sympathetic moments, then they might do it for Robert, too. Cyrus was someone who honestly should have just been a full blown campy villain. There was no reason to make him have those sympathetic moments, but they did.
2: I think the interesting thing will be how long it takes for Willow to become queen and then the question is if she if they pull back on Robert a little bit maybe they can like Lady Macbeth her and maybe that's where kind of like the plotting will come from but, I mean, I don't know if they'll go in that direction. I don't think she has
0: it in her to be evil, but I could see no. her being, like, the last ally that they're able to get over on Liam's side, and then she ends up being, like, the missing puzzle piece. She's like, I'll testify he's unfit to rule. I would know I shared his bed.
1: <laughs> she'll turn on him eventually as well. But
0: I think she'll be the last. I think they'll do, like, a whole, like, she's being... The same way, like, Lady Anne Neville is charmed by Richard the Third. if I may take it back to Shakespeare for a moment, <laughs> like... Oh, he's so charismatic, he's so powerful, da, 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 but then the other shoe will drop and she'll realize, like, he's a bad person, ah, I need to run back to Liam.
1: I think Helena will be a holdout on Robert's side for a long time. Too. Yeah,
0: I think Eleanor will be the easiest to persuade because it's going to come out that Robert sabotaged her and Jasper pretty early in the season, I bet.
2: Yeah,
1: I think... When we probably meet Jasper's stupid dad. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I think I think probably you're looking at maybe like the, the kind of the penultimate episode will be when Helena finally turns and then you're looking at the season finale where Willow has to make a choice and that, that seems like the direction they headed in. Saying that it might not, and none of that might happen at all, <laughs> because yeah, who can who can figure out what's going on in March One's mind?
0: Other smaller things that we think will uh happen. I think Sarah Alice will have some sort of stupid hand in getting Jasper and Eleanor back together again.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. I feel like that goes without saying. I feel like this good. I think that like the kind of the the use of Sarah Alice. Is always going to be to make Jasper seem a little bit more sympathetic because that, because her dad
0: doesn't need her to seem more sympathetic. He's already very sympathetic.
2: Yeah. I I think that's, I, I mean, I think just having her around, even if she isn't really interacting that much with them, I think having a pop up here and there will just kind of remind people that Jasper can be, you know, nice, um, to someone. I think, um,
1: I think the way this story might move in season four I might actually allow Eleanor to be more involved in the main main plot line, which is that good. That would be
0: so nice.
1: Um I think there will be some... Pro- Jasper is probably going to have some kind of conflict between duty and friendship, because he's now Robert's bodyguard. Yeah. I'm sure that'll come up in I some fashion. I bet he'll fashion. choose
0: friendship. He's never <laughs> chosen sure he duty will. in his life.
1: But uh I hope... I just hope that they give James, they figure out something for James Hill to do in this whole plotline. I
2: mean, they could, like, he—he's, you know, he's demonstrated that he's competent in the previous season and in parts of this season. So, I think just ha- maybe having him help uh, Liam and Cyrus figure out what they need, you know, I think maybe that would be a good way to involve him. But again, you know, this—the uh, this show just doesn't have a, just doesn't know how to use characters sometimes. So.
0: I think that pretty much does us for season three. Thanks so much for joining us, Darren. And thanks for the long journey of editing that you have ahead of you
2: now. (laughs) No problem.
0: Uh, Is there anything else, any other irons uh, you've got in the fire that you'd like to plug?
2: Well, I would like to plug my Arrested Development podcast. I've made a huge mistake, uh, which is nearing the end of season three. Uh, There is a prospect that maybe in a few months time, I'll start covering season four but I'll have to see how I feel about season four of Arrest Development.
0: That's totally fair. Zachary? Uh,
1: I have another podcast called The Revisionists, which is a comedy podcast where we take a true story or person from history. Uh, one of us, me and my co-host, previous guest on this show, Brian Flynn, recounts uh, the true history. Another person uh, recounts a Fake history that is as crazy as that person wants it to be or as banal as they want it to be. Usually it's crazy. Uh, and then a third person votes on what becomes the accepted history of the world going forward between those two options.
0: Awesome. And then this is my only regular podcast, but as always, I'm out there doing guest appearances and you can catch me on the latest sophomore lit with John McCoy discussing. Judy Bloom's Forever and, uh, Teen Sex. That basically (laughs) is the heart of the, the heart of the matter and the heart of the story. Uh, but thank you so much, uh, on behalf of Zach, Darren, and myself for joining us for yet another crazy season of this crazy show that we, for some reason, have decided to shackle (laughs) ourselves to for yet another year. Uh, Because we will see you back here Same time, same place For season four Alright, I've been Zach Powers I've been Shannon Camp
2: And I am the person thanks, who thanks has to edit this down now
0: <laughs> And that was our sweet, sweet producer Darren Husted Please well, pray the for recaps,
2: him <laughs> The recaps
1: always run a little bit longer So don't feel too, too guilty Bye Bye
2: Bye. Bye.